Welcome back to the Kendra's Treasures podcast. My podcast about me, a small business owner, entrepreneur, and creative with no business background. Join me as I interview other small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives to learn their stories, struggles, and of course, their successes. This episode is brought to you by Bee Pimpin' at the Honey Hole. Bee Pimpin' is the name and honey is the game. If you have never had honey straight from the hive, you are missing out, but don't pout. I'm here to end your drought. Head over to pollardsproduce.com. That's right, pollardsproduce.com. Organic, natural, unfiltered, nutritious. So get over there, expeditious. Let me help you take the sting out of this crazy year and sweeten the deal. This month only, all of my listeners get a 20% off of their entire purchase by entering the promo code TREASURE. And if you know B. Pimpin', he usually will get you a hookup for the low to get you in the flow. But you have to catch the buzz around the colony. Head over to pollardsproduce.com and enter the code TREASURE for a 20% discount. Don't wait. This product sells out fast. You'll shed a tear if you have to wait another year. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about reflections. I feel like it's important to reflect in anything that you do, especially something that you're going to be at some point trying to make a living off of. So... I'm going to reflect on my last couple episodes and every now and then I'll probably pop in and do an episode by myself and do some reflections about things that I've learned and things that I want to implement in my own business or things that I suggest for somebody else in their journey to becoming a small business owner. So today I'm going to get into that. So I've learned a lot in these first four episodes. Um, And what I've learned so far in, I'm going to go through my list. (laughs) The first thing is to maximize your downtime. And downtime can be reflective of a lot of different moments or aspects of your business and your life. Like, and in the beginning, when I first started my business, I felt like my downtime was the time when I wasn't, when like my kids were napping or like my kids were at their grandparents' house or, you know, I would, I had free time. I mean, and that is downtime. So maximizing that time, like, and sometimes it's just like a two hour span and it might be just time for me to write down things that I want to do or how I want to market my business or maybe something I want to put on my website or think about a discount codes or things like that. But what I'm learning is Yes, you have that type of downtime when you're starting your small business, when you're doing anything in life, but your downtime in your small business or your business, if it's not a small one, is definitely your off season. So like my off season, my small business is Kendra's Treasures. I sell waist beads. I sell handmade jewelry. I sell all kinds of that, things like that. Um, and my downtime is definitely my off season. And I'm learning that now. That is actually something I just learned from the episode that I did with Miss Regina Richardson from Brown Sugar Hair and Wellness Studio. Um, I learned from just talking to her that, wow, every business has downtimes. I never thought that a hair salon would have a downtime, but they do or an off season. Um So my off season, as I said in that episode, is always at the end of fall and through the winter. And then in the spring, it starts to pick back up. And then in the summer, it's really picking up. 
So I I know in with my own thinking in my time in my head, <laughs> I've been like, wow, this is kind of just like a seasonal business. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is ever going to be something that's going to be really profitable for me. But the more I keep pushing and working, I'm learning that the more consistent I am, the more consistent my customers will be and my clientele is. So like really maximizing your downtime, going back to that, um, is in that time where you have your off season, think of ways, you know, use that time to try new things out or think of other business ventures that you may have. That's kind of how my podcast came about. Like I thought about it and I had always thought about doing a podcast. I had been thinking about it for a while, but I never really knew where to start. And so I did like a quick Google search one day and I reached out to one of my friends, Ivory, and I was like, hey, do you want to do this podcast with me? And so that's how we started the Wait What Just Happened podcast. And I had reached out to a couple of my friends, actually, and I got a lot of no's and that's okay. It didn't change the way (laughs) I felt about them or anything like that. I got a lot of no's, but Ivory was like, yeah, let's do it. So, um... That's how we started that podcast, but I started my own podcast because I feel like the journey of being a small business owner is something that people do talk about, but people don't talk about. There's a lot about small business that I'm learning and I'm seeing, but there's a lot about small business that people fantasize about. People fantasize about being an entrepreneur and being able to quit your job and being able to walk away from a job that maybe doesn't pay you what you feel like you're worth um, and working for themselves and waking up on their own schedule and doing their own thing. But a lot of people also do realize that being an entrepreneur or being a small business owner and even being a creative, you have to put in that work. You have to put in your work. You cannot just think that things are going to come easily to you. You cannot think that you are not going to put your own money into this. And you definitely can't be out here and be naive and think that you can share every idea that you have with some people. Because I know there's like that saying where people are like, yeah, I don't care. Some people are like, yeah, I'll share my ideas with other people because some people may not be able to finesse like I can. And that's true. That's very true. But I know one friend in particular, she was telling me how she shared some ideas with somebody. And I am going to have her on one of my episodes. But she was telling me how she shared some ideas with um, a person that was like an associate friend. You know how we have those friends that are kind of a, kind of friends, but kind of just associates. Um, and homegirl took her idea and ran with it. So it's just like being an entrepreneur, like there are a lot of aspects that go into this. You have to be able to trust people. (laughs) You have to be able to, you really have to build your circle, but you can't fantasize about the all the glory and not think about the pain. And I've been saying that a lot lately, which is funny <laughs> um, because I said it the other day because I just started my locks back and I was like, um, everybody's been like, why didn't you save your other ones? And I was like, I didn't want to save them. Um, but I can get into that on another episode because 
I could go for days about why I didn't save my old locks. But yeah, I was just saying that a lot of people want the glory, but they don't want the pain. People don't want to go through the ugly phase of of anything, of locking your hair. They don't want to go through the ugly phase of being an entrepreneur. People just want to jump straight to the end. That's that instant gratification that we all want. And as a small business owner, you can't want that. I literally am, I created a recording studio in my house recently because um, there was a way. <laughs> we had a room um, and I wanted to make sure that my sound quality was better so I'm working on that. But yeah, so you you can't fantasize about being a small business owner and entrepreneur and just think that things are going to happen because that's the way you see it. You can't hop straight to having a six-figure business and not thinking that you're going to not start from nowhere. Because like even if you look at businesses like Amazon, Facebook, I think Google, they all started in like garages. <laughs> like people started these businesses in their homes. You have to hustle and grind. And that is something that you could definitely do in your downtime, in your in your off season. Think about ways that you can morph your business into something bigger and better than you ever imagined. And don't be afraid of failure. That's another one of my points. Not to be afraid of failure. I found a really great quote this week about failure. And actually on my YouTube, I was talking to a woman about um, failure and I was just telling her, you know, never give up. Just see it as a, as a point to start over. It's, it's, that's the option right there. That's the space where you can start over when you feel like you failed and you can figure out how to revamp that idea. So here's the quote I found. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again this time more intelligently. And that quote is by William Ford. So don't be afraid of failure. That's my second point. That's my second thing that I want to talk about. So the first thing was maximize your downtime. This time is don't be afraid of failure. You should never be afraid to fail. Failure is a part of the process. It really is. Just like when people are on the journey to becoming sober. Relapse is a part of the process. Like nobody does this and they don't fail. Nobody starts a business and thinks that or nobody starts a business and doesn't have to rethink some aspect of their business. I can speak specifically for myself. I when I first started <laughs> making waist beads, um, I made them and I sold them for the cost that it cost me to make them. And for me, at the time, I was like, oh, great. You know, yeah, I'll sell you waist beads for five bucks. It doesn't cost me that much to make them because I was just thinking about the supplies. I wasn't thinking about the time that I was putting in. I wasn't thinking about shipping. I wasn't thinking about branding. I wasn't thinking about supplies. Like I was thinking about beading supplies. I wasn't thinking about like supplies to ship. I wasn't thinking about the cost to ship. I wasn't thinking about the time that I was putting in to create strands for people. I wasn't thinking about the intentions that I was putting behind. I was just making them and I was like, oh yeah, people love them. But the more research I did on waste beads and the energies that they bring to people I started thinking like, whoa, 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 you got to slow your roll. And for me, 
that was a failure in a sense, because it was like, wow, Kendra, you really kind of one sold yourself short and two kind of didn't really push the benefits of these waist beads. So you can't be afraid of failure because failure is kind of inevitable. It's going to happen, but don't let it keep you down and keep you stuck in a place where you are afraid to create or afraid to move forward. And that brings me to my next point. Be fearless when it comes to your business and brand. People will judge you. And that's also a part of the process. Um, but don't let the fear of others hold you back. I found another really fun quote. Well, it's kind of a meme and <laughs> I'll read it. It says, I hate when people try to talk fear into my plans. Move the fuck out of my way. And that's the truth. Like, don't let other people put their fears on you because some people have, they handle situations differently. Everybody handles situations differently because of experiences that they've experienced in life and things that they've gone through. But somebody's ability to handle or mishandle a situation has nothing to do with you. Do not let other people scare you into thinking that you cannot do it. Be fearless. Just try it. Just see. Because it might work. It might not work. But guess what? Failure is a part of the process. So being fearless is something that you have to do. You have to be fearless to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner, to be a creative. You cannot be afraid to put your artwork out there if you are an artist. You cannot be afraid to start your little underwater basket weaving <laughs> business. It's something that's unique. It's something that Somebody might be like, wow, that's really special. This basket was weaved underwater. You know, it's it's more of a disservice to yourself to be fearful of what you want to do than it is for you to be fearless. So be fearless in your business, in your artwork, whether and now when I say artwork, I know I, it's a broad topic. It's a broad statement. Don't. um just put it in a box and say, I'm talking about painting. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about music artists. I'm talking about visual artists. I'm talking about all kinds of artists, any kind of artist that you are, graphic artists. All, if your art, when I'm saying it, when I'm speaking of art, when I'm speaking of creatives, that's what I'm speaking to. I'm not just speaking to the painter. Okay. Um, I'm talking about tattoo artists. I'm talking about all kinds of artists. There, there's all kinds of work out there for you to get into, but do not be fearful. Be fearless. Don't let other people put their fears on you. So that brings me to my next point. My next point is talk to people, ask questions when you need to. Don't be afraid to talk to people about your vision. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to give them your whole idea, but it doesn't do anyone any good to hold all of those ideas and thoughts in your head. Talk to people who are knowledgeable about being business owners, about being entrepreneurs, about being an artist or being a, a certain type of artist. If I was trying to get into graphic arts, I would try and find other graphic artists who would be willing to give me pointers and try and help me out. If I was trying to become just like with anything, like when you're in college, you learn to network. Networking is everything. And you kind of learn that a little bit before college, like networking is everything. It doesn't always necessarily mean that 
you have to become this person's best friend, but you definitely need to build a relationship with some people, people who are knowledgeable about things that you are not necessarily knowledgeable about. It's like that other saying, there's, there are things we know that we don't know, but there are things we don't even know that we don't know. And I think there's another part to that, but I can't think of it right now. But you definitely need to surround yourself with people who are, one, smarter than you, people who are, two, doing better than you. You can surround yourself with a couple people who are on the same plane as you, but they have they need to be like-minded individuals. So they need to be people who are goal-oriented if this is what you're trying to do. If you're a goal-oriented person, it's not going to serve you to be around people who are okay with being with where they are. If you are a goal-oriented person, you need to be around people who are like, okay, I want better for myself. How can I do this? People who are constantly coming up with ideas, constantly coming up with new ways to reinvent themselves and evolve and do all of that. That is something that I feel like is critical to becoming um, a, a successful entrepreneur, business owner, creative, even in your regular career, that's something that is critical um, to success is surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you, better than you at something. If, excuse me, if I had a friend who was really great at writing, and I can say that because I'm usually the friend who people reach out to for writing and, and editing and stuff. If I had a friend who was really great at writing, I would be like, hey, can I shoot you my resume? And you look over it. I shoot all my stuff to my mom still, a 30-year-old still shooting my things to my mom before um, I put them out because it doesn't hurt to have somebody on your team who's better at doing something than you are. It doesn't hurt. You can't look at other people's strengths as a reason for you to feel intimidated or, you know, as something that you feel like it makes you nervous because you can't do it. You can't let your pride get in the way of your progress. Another thing that's important is for you to do your research. It's critical to do your research in the market that you're planning on working in, in your field. You've got to get to know and understand your client base at least a little bit before you get out there. So like, you definitely have to understand who's going to be buying your product. You need to understand who you're going to be selling your artwork to. What type of people are you aiming to draw to your business? It's important to do your research in all of that because you every there's a market for everything. And I know specifically personally for me <laughs> I know the I know who I'm attracting with the waist piece. I know what type of women um, are going to be looking for them. Even with the podcast, I use my podcast analytics a lot. Um, I look at them on the Apple Podcast Connect, and I look at look at them a lot on Spotify. And like it tells you who's listening to your podcast. It's important to know who is gravitating towards you so that you can know how to better serve that community and also again networking figuring out how you can work with other communities that you're not necessarily reaching like for example and I'm being very transparent about 95% of my listeners are women I have to get some men on this show <laughs> so that I can figure out how to reach out to men. So like, I mean, 
And I think probably that little 5% might be my husband and his friends who have listened. And like, I think I have one friend on Facebook who's a guy and he also has a podcast called The Session. It's actually a really good podcast. Um, And he has listened also. So yeah, knowing your market, doing your research for your market, that is critical. My second to last point is network. And I said this already like five times, but nine times out of 10, you already know a small business owner or an entrepreneur who can give you guidance or even just encouragement. And that's something that I'm learning along the way. As I'm doing this podcast, I'm realizing that I'm interviewing a lot of family (laughs) and friends and really close friends of the family. And these are people I've known all my life. And now I'm realizing, wow, you've been a business owner all of my life. You are not alone in this. Sometimes the road to business ownership can seem lonely, but you never know who is out there cheering you on or who is being encouraged by you. And I can personally speak to that. Lately, I've been getting a lot of really great messages, really great reviews, really great emails about how um, people are feeling encouraged by me and all this great stuff. And I never really thought that that would be something (laughs) that people would be saying to me, um, especially in this aspect, in my little small business owner type of aspect, because, I mean, of course, I've gotten the comment, oh, yeah, you and your little business. Like, people have said stuff like that to me. And do I let it bother me? No. But, I mean, it happens. And I think it happens to every small business owner at some point. They feel like, or other people feel like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But to you or to me, it is a big deal. It's like, wow, like on my YouTube, I have a free giveaway going on right now on my YouTube because I reached 150 subscribers. To some people, they might be like, oh, yeah, wow, 150 subscribers. That's not much. That's not anything. But to me, that's a huge thing because I'm like, wow, 150 people on YouTube decided that they liked my content enough that they wanted to subscribe. That's a big deal to me. So I... I think that networking is huge. I think that realizing that you're not in this alone is huge. And this brings me to my last point. My last point is that one thing that you thought that you lacked is probably something that was already in you and already inside of you all along. For me, I think the one thing that I thought that I lacked was my experience in being an entrepreneur or being a small business owner. And in a sense, yes, I lack there. But as I found out in my very first episode with my mom, I don't lack there at all because it is, in fact, in my DNA, it is something that I have grown up seeing. It is something that I have experienced. I actually have an uncle who used to own a restaurant. Like, I thought I was lacking there, but I am not lacking there at all. To close this episode out, I'm going to leave you all with one more quote that I found on my Instagram. It says, you are good enough. And then in parentheses, actually, you're probably overqualified, but let's start the week off humble. On that note, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Kendra's Treasures podcast. Remember, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter name is K-double underscore underscore or Instagram. My Instagram is Kendra's Treasure 
underscore underscore chest. And my YouTube is Kendra's Treasures. Last plug. Um, if you guys have not already, please make sure to get out and vote. November 3rd is election day. Please go vote. 